Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Back at it, another week of Fantasy Football Talk right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, and my guy Tony Sincata for the next hour. Getting you updated on some of the latest happenings in the NFL how they apply to fantasy football. And knowing me and Tony, we'll probably get to some more off-the-wall talk also. NFL schedule release. Talk a lot about that today. Des Bryant saga continues with him and Odell Beckham. And then, uh, you know, talk about some of these NFL draft prospects. Maybe I'll see if I get my guy Emory Hunt on the horn. Tony, what's going on, my man? Happy Sunday. Oh, happy Sunday. I got sort of two off-the-wall things to start out with, but they're football-related. They're football-related. Well, let's hop right in. Uh, the University of Central Florida. Love it. They declared themselves the national champions, mm-hmm. and Danny White, the former Cowboy, is the athletic director. I did not know that. Yeah, so he decided, He promised he would have a parade, and he would have rings, and he's fulfilled the promises. They, they had a parade through Disney World. He got mm-hmm. rings for the team, and they unveiled a banner on the stadium this week. And you know what? I don't think this is a bad idea. I think this is a great idea because it is so corrupt system that they were the only undefeated team in the in the college football. And I remember back in the day when they used to have this um, computer that that um, the computer that would uh, run everything. Yeah, that same computer had them the number one team in football. Uh, uh, this in this college season. football, yeah, yeah. You see, this is, and I, and I'm glad you brought this story up because this is. I actually have this up on my computer right now. I find it very inter- interesting that they uh, uh, unveiled the banner at Spectrum Stadium. They got championship rings, very nice rings. I didn't know Danny White was their AD. I'm a always love Danny White. Um, I just don't know Tony. I, first of all, I like it. I think it's cool. The bottom line of the matter is the record book is going to say, the official record book yeah. is going to say that the Alabama Crimson Tide are the champions. With this being said, Alabama wouldn't want to play this football team right here late in the season, I guarantee you that much. Now, with their schedule this year, they really didn't have big-time wins in the regular season, correct? Here's the problem, though. They're stuck in, right? And, and, and you bring up a good point. I don't think Alabama, Alabama would beat them, all right? I'm going to throw that out there. But here's the problem this team has. They're so good. Why would you, if you're why would you want to play them non-conference? If you lose to them, you it's going to knock you out of the playoffs. There's only four teams in the playoffs, right? Yep. So when teams play out of conference, they're not going to play a team like this. They would rather play a Big Ten or an SEC school because if you lose, at least it's an SEC school. You can't lose to UCF and make it to that four-team playoffs. So I think, no, they don't have a win outside the conference that's big until the bowl season where they beat Auburn because no one will play them. 
And you're right. It's hard for them to schedule games because people know how good that football team is. You know, it's not now one of the top schools in Florida. It's never looked at as that way, but they put up good numbers. Now, when you look at this this season, right, you have the cancellations due to the hurricane early in the season. It took Memphis and it took Georgia Tech off their schedule. Now, they go on the road and get a win at Maryland, Maryland, a Big Ten school. Had another game canceled uh, in late September. Memphis, Cincinnati, East Carolina, Navy, Austin P, SMU, UConn, Temple, University of Southern Florida. They beat them by seven at home, and then they uh they beat uh Memphis when Memphis was a ranked team when they beat Memphis and double overtime, and then of course the big win over the Auburn over Auburn. I just when you look at the schedule, does the with with them having Georgia Tech at home if they played that game. Maybe, but it's not like Georgia Tech's a powerhouse in the ACC. No, no, and, and that that that's the problem, and and that's why it's the the thing is so corrupt that it's hard for anybody outside the conference to get in. So what I want to do is, you know, I I like to make it eight teams, but I think that one spot should be reserved for teams a team outside like UCF. Of, uh, yeah, outside you can't be in one of those five power conferences. I agree, and I think it's going to go to eight teams. But I think that is the way it's going. That it, it is going to go. When you look at their schedule this season, they're going to run into the same problem. You have UConn, South Carolina State. Oh, they're playing my school. They beat them by a hundred. So <laughs> then, in week three, they have they're at North Carolina. We got a couple first round quarterbacks. There you go, right there. <laughs> then you have Florida Atlantic, which is not a bad not a bad football program. Then you, you got have uh, Monty Kiffin. Yeah, that's Monty Kiffin. Yep. Then you have Pitt, right? Pitt is Lane Kiffin. Be, Monty Kiffin's his dad. Yeah, Pitt can be hit or miss. Yep. SMU is not the 80s. Memphis, East Carolina, Temple, Navy, and then they have South Florida on the road to finish the season. So wins at North Carolina, FAU, and Pittsburgh, could is that enough? Probably not. Think about it. If Alabama... Alabama, LSU, uh, say Ohio State in the Big Ten, uh, and then the ACC, Florida State, all had one loss. They would all get in. Yeah, they would over, over that over an undefeated yeah. team with that schedule right there. So it makes it tough for them. But now, listen. Now, here's the thing about you know you talk about all of these teams though when you talk college football, Tony. I'm going to pull up Alabama's schedule. Now, obviously, playing in the Southeastern Conference makes it, you know, it, it you know, that's in itself is tough enough. But they're home versus Louisville, then home versus Arkansas State. They travel to Ole Miss, they're home versus A&M. Uh, what team is they? They have another non-conference game versus a little, uh, Louisiana Lafayette at home. <laughs> They travel to Arkansas. They're home versus Missouri. They travel to Tennessee. They travel to LSU. Then they're home for Mississippi State, and then they are uh, the Citadel, and then they end the year with Auburn. So really, their two road games at Tennessee and at LSU are really the meat of their season. When you look at the rest of the schedule, they're home for all their big games. The out-of-conference game is Louisville, and that's at home. Why and they're home. They- and they're home for A&M. Yeah, and then, see, this is the perfect thing. Well, this is why uh, UCF can't make it. Instead of them playing Louisiana Lafayette in the Citadel, 
I think people would say, hey, why not play UCF? They don't want to. They want those two games that are basically bye weeks. Yeah, those are bye weeks. And then you, you now the way the schedule is set up, the Citadel game is the week before, you know, the big matchup with Auburn. <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette is the week after the matchup versus the, uh, the, the home matchup versus A&M. So the schedule, Saban knows how to schedule this team. He starts the year non-conference at home versus Louisville. But other than that, I mean, you have the whole spring and summer to prepare for that game. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's it's crazy. It's kind of the most corrupt thing you could even imagine uh, at, at this college sports level. And uh, I, I, so I I like what they did. I like that they they take it to this level and say, hey. You know what? We'll never get invited to the game, so we're just going to make ourselves the national champions. Yeah, not until they go to eight teams, and I think eight teams is coming because you, you I, ESPN is not going to turn down the opportunity to put on two more big-time college football games. It's not if it's there, they're going to do it. Well, here's and then and then that leads to my second thing. So ESPN basically, when the schedule came out, the NFL schedule came out this week. Mm-hmm. ESPN uh, went over everybody's uh, schedule and predicted their victories and losses for every team. Yeah. Well, there's 256 total games, and somehow ESPN came up with 283 wins. (laughs) I wonder how that happened. (laughs) Oh, boy. What do you think of schedule release, Tony? The past couple years has become a big deal. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Like I, I because I, I could care less. Mm-hmm. I say that, but you know what I always do? I always look at the primetime games. Like that's the interesting part to me. Like the Jaguars got a Sunday night game this year at home, which against Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are the games that I go to because I don't like going to games to when the you know when all the other teams are playing because you miss too much. Uh, but even that, you don't miss anything at the stadium now because they uh, they keep the red zone on one of the TVs. So it's amazing. While you're at the game, you could sit in your seat and the red zone's up on the scoreboard. Yeah, no, a lot of places have been doing that now. Yeah, a lot of it's amazing. So I'm uh, so that's something I go. I know the Patriots were playing in, in Jacksonville this year, so I was interested in that. So even a guy, I say I'm not interested, I paid attention to it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you kind of have to when the leaks start coming out and stuff like that. If you have a rooting interest or a favorite team, you want to you want to see what they look like and navigate that. Obviously, you know, if you like the live NFL experience, you want to see and start circling and making plans of uh, dates and games you can possibly attend and stuff like that. So that's that's always a lot of fun. So we'll get into that a little a, a little bit. Um, you know, like Tony, me, it's fantasy football frenzy, but you know how we do, Tone. We always just talk about whatever. I wanted to ask you about one of the big sports stories this week and what you thought about it. I'm quite sure y'all spoke about it on Talking Trash, um, but didn't get to hear it. Now, with the, the death of um, Aaron Popovich, the wife of Greg Popovich, oh. obviously this week, you know, that sad story kind of shook up the NBA world. And obviously um, the questioning, the line, uh, the question yeah. with Allie LaForce and LeBron James, she took a beating on social media. Yeah. Ernie Johnson came out and said that, you know, she was she asked LeBron beforehand if she can ask him that question. Yeah. He okayed it. Obviously, LeBron also releases the statement. What do you think about this whole situation and how it played out? Well, first of all, I can't believe how much hate there is for LeBron James and anything associated with him. It, it, it marvels me. I have finally of the opinion – 
that he's not going to win MVP again this year. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I've never seen a guy play better. And I've fought, well, I've watched basketball for 40 years. Like, I've never seen a guy play better. Yeah. That team stinks. <laughs> and, and James Harden's going to win this award. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so when I first saw it, I had no problem with it before even knowing the situation there, right? Mm-hmm. He asked the question. I thought it was great, LeBron's response, because it showed a human. It yeah. showed a guy that it bothered him that, you know, another coach's wife died. And somebody's familiar with And it showed a human side of him. I think it's an indictment on all of society that LeBron James felt so bad that the girl was getting trashed that he had to go on and make a video that night after a game to defend her. Yeah. Like, people, people are messed up. People, people complain about everything. It's like, Tony, you know, she, okay, seeing it earlier in, in the evening, uh, I was sitting in here, and I was getting ready to go over to a buddy's house, and um, I, I, before I walked out the door, I had logged on, and I saw where, you know, the reports that, you know, Greg's Popovich wife has, has, has passed away. And the next video, it almost immediately went to Kevin Durant in San Antonio yeah, at the shoot around. And yeah. that was uncomfortable to watch. But obviously that's different because that's not live. It's not after a game. That's the shoot-around, you know? Yeah. I think Durant handled it well. Obviously, it's real tough. The news had just broke at that time. And then at the end, when you obviously I think you, they were going to ask LeBron. My thing was if he knew the question was coming or not. Do you think it's a – okay, in that situation, Tony, if you don't get a chance to prep him for that question, do you go through with it? Um, I think I might because I look at Popovich as being uh, a guy that seems like everybody likes in the NBA and he's sort of like the father figure of the NBA. And I could see them asking that. Like if they knew that if you knew there was, if you were a reporter and you knew there was a relationship between the two, I think it's a legitimate question. I think so too. I, I, and I don't think she should have got killed because of it. No, um, I don't think so. But that's 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 the way people I are mean, on social media. Tell we me. we kill we kill reporters no matter what they do. We kill them for softball questions, and then you ask them about you know something emotional off the court, and you kill them for that too. I mean, mm-hmm. it, what is it? What are they supposed to do? I get it. So that's why I took the – you know, Tony, I, t- I still kind of feel as if – put it like this. At, after watching the, – after the first two times I watched the video, I didn't think that LeBron knew the question was coming. I thought LeBron just went out of his way to protect her to get people off her back. He could have, but I can also see him knowing it's coming – and then, you know, someone says, hey, I'm going to ask. Do you mind if I ask about it? You just cut off a game. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you really think about it. Exactly. That, you know, and that, that's And that's and after I watched the video more, I was like, you know what? Maybe she did mention it to him. And he yeah. probably was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then when it sunk in, he was like, okay, this, yeah. is, pretty, this is pretty messed up. Also, you know, a lot of stuff that came into question this week, uh, the popularity of Greg Popovich, Tony, and the fact that he is like this almost like NBA superhero, old man yeah. superhero. You have that aspect of it. And then just last week, 
in the San Antonio newspaper, there was a, a piece about how his politics was more or less pissing off the Spurs fan base. Yeah, I could see why, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, our nation has become so divided that everybody takes a per Like, you can't have your own opinion. What like that is the craziest thing. Like you can hate someone because their opinion on politics. If that's the only problem I have with someone, I mean that's a pretty good relationship. That's insane to me. But that I think it's it, it's not a Popovich problem. It's a society problem, and it's gotten worse and worse with the advent of social media. No doubt about it. Obviously, saw everything that went or place took place in the NFL this past season when it comes to stuff like that. I want to touch on that a little bit when we come back on the other side. Not to mention, um, when we look at this NFL schedule and, and break it down, start to break it down a little bit. Um, I want to start at the last game of the year, let you know what the game is that's going to be where your fantasy football season lies at. The very last game, the Monday night, I believe it's December 26th, when championships will be won. We'll let you know what that game is. That'll conclude your fantasy season. We haven't even got it starting yet. Also, Lamar Jackson, rumored to be going in the top 20. Lamar Jackson hype is starting to rise. Going to be interested to see if he jumps one of the premier quarterbacks or the so-called premier quarterbacks. It's a fantasy football frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Right here, FNTSY Radio. Going to get into some schedule release talks, some NFL draft stuff. So, talking about Pop ending off last segment, Coach Greg yeah. Popovich. Obviously, he's been a guy in the news this week. <clears throat> the NBA does not have a ratings problem. Matter of fact, the NBA ratings are going up. And you have a lot of social justice warrior types in the NBA. But it doesn't seem to be affecting their ratings like it has, well, like some say it has the NFL. So do you think it's true that it's social issues are affecting the NFL ratings? Or do you look at basketball and say it's not work, it, it doesn't, it's, it's, no, it's no beef over here? The NFL hurts the NFL. And the NBA, the reason, I think it's a huge difference. I think the NBA is a partnership between the players and management. Like, you never hear Adam Silver bashing any players. You never hear Adam Silver suspending any players, right? Mm-hmm. What NBA player has been suspended? Like, other than, you know, from one it's game like, for I, technical foul. I think the, really the last big thing we may have seen was Ron Artest. Has it been that long? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, so you can't tell me they're better behaved players. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't right. tell me that. Like They're richer. They're I, not better behaved, but they're richer. No. <laughs> so someone's doing a better job of running their league than the other people. And mm-hmm. that's what it is, is that I think the NBA players respect the management. They respect each other. I think the star players in the NBA keep the other guys in line and say, hey, man, you can you can complain about this, but you can only take it this far. 
And I think that in the NFL, everybody's in it for themselves. Hmm. And if it starts from the ownership and the commissioner. Do you think it has a lot to do with the nature of the beast, the NBA, uh, the NBA, obviously the best athletes on the planet play professional basketball, whereas in the NFL, it's very violent. Do you think that has something to do with it? You think, what do you think the NFL is more thug life? No, I don't at all. I think that, I mean, when you talk about, let's, let's take the number one player in the NBA. He doesn't even have a college education, right? LeBron James. Mm-hmm. He came straight out of high school. Kevin Durant, straight out of high school. And... These guys seem like Wall Street CEOs compared to some of the people running around the NFL. Yes, this is true. And yet true. they didn't spend one single day on a college campus. I th- and that's, why I'm th- that, that's the point I'm trying to say, Tony, is the nature of the beast, the physicalness, the violence of the game kind of leads to some of the NFL players kind of just being no, a little bit more out there. I think they do a better job. I think it's basically the better job. I think that, you know what, the veterans, the, the Magic Johnsons, Larry Birds, uh, set the way for the next generation. LeBron James is setting it for the next generation. And I think they do a better job. I just think that the player, the star players in the NBA do a better job. I think the NFL is just a society where you have no guaranteed contracts. Um, you basically can't know that you have a career from one year to the next. And I think everybody's in it for himself. I just think it's the mentality of the two different sports. Interesting stuff right there. And also, you, you take into account the fact of just the sports, the, the, the sports in general, and kind of like, you know, when you look at the NFL, it's such a passion of the American sports fans. Like, a lot of the Major League Baseball, the NBA is, you know, the base, NBA more so than baseball, it's good entertainment. Where football is is very people are very passionate about the NFL, more so than they are about the about the NBA. Mm. Speaking of which, Tony, last night in the Utah Jazz Oklahoma City Thunder game, what'd you think of uh, NFL insider Adam Schefter as the sideline reporter? If you I don't know if you got a chance to see any of that. Yeah, I didn't see last night, but I've seen him in the past. Yeah. I kind of like that he's trying to branch out and trying to be a broadcaster, right? So basically mm-hmm. what he what he does for the NFL, I don't think it's really is a broadcaster because basically what he's doing, he's getting on air and he's reading his cell phone. That's all he's doing. Yeah. And where he has to articulate He's a personality. Questions. Yeah, and he has to articulate questions now and in the flow of the game in about 30 seconds. And it's, it's we know it's harder than people mm-hmm. think. Um. I'll tell you now, I like I, I, I like that he's trying it. And he's you can tell he's a little uncomfortable, but I like it. You know, and what's also what I also find interesting in, of it is about it is first of all, I don't know if I'm, you you probably know this. You know he is a big, big DFS basketball player. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a big DFS basketball player. He plays every night, he'll give you advice and all of that. Now, what's also so he's obviously you know that he ha- he's a big sports fan. So he has that fandom. He clearly has the popularity to pull it off. What's funny, though, is when he goes and he interviews the players and stuff like that, they all are like almost as if, oh, my God, it's Adam Schefter. (laughs) 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 So it's kind of cool. Last night, um, uh, the the coach of the Utah Jazz, his name's – no, not not Jazz, uh, Billy Donovan. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Donovan. Um. 
he he was doing the end game interview with Billy Donovan, and Donovan, when after he asked Donovan the question, Donovan asked him, "Who's the best corner in the draft?" <laughs> so it was like, you know, he came over there, and then at the end of the game, when they were celebrating the Utah Jazz, some of the players were like pouring water on him. So uh, Adam Schefter, the celebrity, definitely has grown, and it's, I think I think sometime when ESPN does stuff like this, Tony. They're they they're doing like they have Dick Vitale calling NBA games, kind of yeah. like they're they're pushing their broadcasters as the stars. Oh and, yeah, Bill Walton is absolutely that. Uh, yeah, because he he's you know he doesn't even know there's a game sometimes going. On. <laughs> and, and and if you read on Twitter the responses like during the game, fifty mm-hmm. percent of the people love it and fifty percent hate it. But there's nobody getting tweets about a broadcast more than Bill Walton. Like he's le- like so, whether you like him or not, at least people are weighing in, and it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like if me or you and there was our first day at ESPN and we decided that we were gonna, you know, call a game like Bill Walton, we would be fired by halftime. They'd get rid of us. They'd walk us out that joint. Yeah. Well, they'd be like, dude, you lay off the drugs. <laughs> Especially before the game, um, yeah. they they the, the the broadcast they had on uh, uh, Kara Lawson who does an excellent job with uh, female uh, with women's college basketball, yeah. you know, as one of their lead broadcasters. I believe she was a, a, a big star in the WNBA at one point. So I kind of been looking at some of these announced teams. Now, let's say Adam Schefter has to go ask a question, that in-game coaching question. To Greg Popovich, how do you think that would go? I think Greg Popovich would say, uh, I think he would go football on him. You think so, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> he, he just wouldn't answer the question. And he, he like, uh, I don't know. I think the Cowboys should, should get a new sponsor. <laughs> how do you feel about that? I think he would. Do you have a problem? I'll tell you, you know, uh, people out there, out there, if you guys don't listen to Cotton Friends, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens on the show, but one of the best things that happened this week was the Bill Belichick story from Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Cotton tells a story how, more or less, you know, covering the Cleveland Browns, that he developed yeah. this relationship with Bill Belichick as they both were in Cleveland at the same time. Um, I believe he used to. I believe he covered the Browns and the Eagles at, at some point, um, exclusively, and you know, doing the come up of his career. So him and Belichick being friendly from that era, years later, he made know, it like they were great friends. Like they would every day he, talk to each other. They had each other's phone number. Everybody's Carton's best friend. <laughs> if well, you, that's what if I'm you, saying. I would, like get, yeah. I would like to get Bill's take on the story. That, like, because I'm listening to this and I'm saying that's even really cold for Belichick. I'm like, uh, you made yeah, it sound, totally. yeah. He, yeah, because Carton did make it sound like he was actually calling the plays for the Browns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Telling him what quarterback to bench and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, like... Carton is uh, sometimes it's uh, sometimes that you're listening to Carton's story, you got to make sure you check for the exaggeration. <laughs> 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 but no, he we had a conversation on the program this week, Tony, about um about Popovich and his quote unquote antics on the sideline. Carton, as a guy who was a reporter, he feels as if it's an asshole move. I, I agree 
96% of the time, I'm more and more thinking about it, is that he can't though the people that are new or the people that aren't the star, the Adam Schefters and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's a dickhead move for him to do what he does. And I think it's a dickhead move for everybody to let him get away with it. Now, see, here, here's my – this is how I feel about it. I know why he's doing it. He thinks the concept is a, is a bad concept. Yeah, You're yeah, not going to yeah, yeah. learn anything in this interview. Why are you distracting me from coaching my team? So he's yeah. doing it to send a message to the networks and to the league that this to needs league, to stop. Yeah. But the poor reporter has nothing to do with it. The thing, and I and I understand, and I get that. But you see, guys like David Aldrich, you know, the late Craig Sager, Doris yeah. Burke, um, uh, Lisa Salters, they they've experienced professionals, and I think they get it. When you have that new person that yeah. hasn't had that interaction with Pop yet, I can imagine that can be a very scary thirty seconds. And you know what they always do. It's the funniest part is that when you get a new person, that they make the mistake. Like, they panic, and they ask one more question instead of just ending it early. Like, this guy <laughs> don't want to talk about it. You know, move, let's move on. Yeah. You know, they, they keep trying to ask another question. No, this ain't working. Go back. Throw it back. <laughs> throw it back to throw it back to Mike Green. <laughs> it would even be better if 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 the person who said uh, this 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 is Latoya Jackson talking to Latoya Jackson. Back to you, Mike. <laughs> back to you, Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were that quick and that indecisive, you know that would be something. And I bet Pop would laugh. Yeah, probably you you're right. You probably would laugh at that at that point right there. So um that is interesting. All right, so I think we got a lot of that stuff out the way, Tony. Oh, I got I got something for you now. What's up? I got something else. Did some research. So we we got I got a big fight on the uh there's been a lot of fights lately. I'm I'm not I haven't been feeling well, so I've been more feisty in the morning. Nice. And um I got a fight defending Des Bryant, which is pretty amazing to me. So maybe I okay. am sick. And so I, it made me go and do more research on Des Bryant. So my opinion is that I don't think Des can make it as an outside wide receiver, and I want to put him in the slot, and I think he'd do well. And then Mike's, Mike Cardano is trying to tell me, oh, there's no big slot wide receiver. There's plenty of them. Like, like Larry Anquan Fitzgerald. Bolden's a, yeah. a wide receiver with no speed, and he played the slot. He played great. Larry Fitzgerald's a wide receiver with no speed, and he played great. And so there's, there's plenty of them. Doug Baldwin, another one, right? Mm-hmm. So I go and I start looking at, at the stats, right? Des Bryant was 55th out of 56 wide receivers in separation last year. So he clearly mm-hmm. can't separate from the defensive back. But he was number three in catches when covered. And you say, well, why would a quarterback throw one? Well, when you have elite wide receivers, that's what you do. DeAndre Hopkins gets uh, had over 100 balls thrown at him when he was covered. Yeah. And so how much of that falls on Dak Prescott now not throwing the ball? I think I mentioned it to you last week. I don't know who I was talking to. I remember uh, it was the, uh, a Cowboy game this year, and um, 
Dak and Dez weren't connected. Romo was the broadcaster. Romo said Dak Prescott is not putting the ball where Dez Bryant wants it, where Dez Bryant likes it. Dak Prescott said you have to get the ball up high to Dez so he can use his athleticism, and Dak and that Dak wasn't doing that. So it's kind of like this is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are always going to choose the quarterback. They're going to live and die through the quarterback. They've been mostly dying the past 20-something years, but they're going to live and die through the quarterback. And if they feel as if this is not working for the quarterback, they're going to remove that player no matter who they are. And this time it was Des Bryant. Nobody's bigger than the star except for Jerry. The next closest person is the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. It's, uh, it, it's really interesting when you look at that and – of course, Brandon Marshall gets cut by the Giants if this thing happens here. I don't think Des and you know, then you try to get into a uh, a conversation and about it. So Mike was the uh, the opinion that Des is done because he's been cut and no one wants to sign him. I said, "How do you know that's true?" First of all, he goes, "Cool, cuz he hasn't signed with anyone." I said, no, Dez has not made the greatest decisions in his life. I mean, he has clearly said that he only wants to play for four teams. I'm not saying that any, it makes any common sense in the world that you wouldn't take a, a tryout from another team or, or an offer from another team. But Dez Bryant's whole life has never made any sense. So <laughs> exactly. I think for people to come to the conclusion that he has no other offers, I think is erroneous. Well, the Baltimore Ravens are definitely in. And See, I don't it, think they're gonna be. Well, no, I, they've, Joe Flacco has already been on on record talking about talking about Des Bryant. I think they're interested. I don't think Des is interested, and which I wouldn't blame good, him for that. A good move, but I thought when they signed Willie Sneed the other day, that would put an end to it. And that and that and and more more or less that that probably did right there. Uh, the Green Bay Packers were rumored to have interest. I think Des was like that. That was too close for comfort. He shook them off too. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he was like that was too that was too close for comfort. Um, he didn't like that. <laughs> I guess he don't want to be at Lambeau Field. Think about that catch. Um, yeah, the New York I, Giants. It's cold out there. Yeah, that too. The New York Giants want to be uh, the New York. He wants it to be a New York Giant, but it don't seem like the Giants want him, or at least the Giants are not are saying that publicly. I think it gets done after the draft. Now, I'll tell you, it's it's very very interesting, is because I look at it like this: if I'm the Giants. I have to make a decision on where I stand on Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing whatever I get got to make this guy happy and make this guy stay a giant, which I don't have to do because I can just keep franchising for the next three years. But if I want to try to resolve this thing, I got to at least give Des Bryant a tryout and see what he's got. I think it's smokescreen saying they're not interested. I think. It very well is a good possibility he could end up there. I think the Oakland Raiders also would be in the mix. I think Dez has to swallow his pride and be willing to move into the slot. I think things will open up for him some more there. But Dez is like, why me in the slot going against a nickel corner? He wants to be on the outside battling with the top corners. And all the top corners in the NFL have said Dez Bryant runs two routes. He runs the back shoulder. He runs the slant. That's all it is to his game. So it could be a diminish in the skills of Des Bryant, but it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, and then we can put it together for what's he going to be fantasy. When we come back, we get into the NFL schedule right here at the Fantasy Football Friends.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fantasy Football Frenzy FNTSY Radio. My little... Uh, microphone cover dropped off the headset and the, i hate i hate when that happens yeah and then it's you on know, the floor it, then when you pick like, it up it's uh, all close to your mouth yeah <laughs> you know what i try to do like i'm not i'm not a, a fan of wearing condoms yeah and every once in a while when a woman wants you to wear a condom that's what I do is I drop it on the floor and I say, oh, it's, it's your it's floor dirty. clean. I mean. <laughs> Wouldn't want to use this on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so uh, people out there. Yes. Um, that little bit of, do you ever have that problem? I I, uh, I can't it's... say that I have, but the strategy sounds like it would work, Tone. So, I mean, good for you. <laughs> There you go. See, I'm a, I'm always guess, enlightening the people. Yeah, the young ladies. When you when you meet up with uh, Mr. Sincata, you can either you choose between that little bit of dirt on the floor, <laughs> or a lifetime of Tony Sincata, <laughs> which one do you think is cleaner, ladies? <laughs> oh, that's you know, that, that's yeah. a tough one. Oh, That's one that's gonna leave you up at night. That is one the grown one want to think about right there. Um, what do you think of NFL draft like shows like Gruden's when Gruden had the quarterback camp? They have I these love draft that. profiles when Dion had the, the his academy, the yeah. uh, prime. What do, you, what do you think about those kind of, that kind of programming, Tony? I love it, and I'll tell you what: if I'm an NFL general manager. I would be watching that, that stuff all the time because I like to see how these guys comprehend the playbook. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because we don't know what's being edited or not. Like, I, I would actually be – if I was a GM, I'd be calling to get the unedited version yeah, and everything that they taped and, and, and watching that stuff. I think it's great. I think it's a big thing. And I like to see it there. And, um, you know, it's weird because I like when, when uh, Gruden was doing it. And he he was so emotional doing the damn thing. Well, no, you can one thing you one thing that you can say what you want to say about John Gruden. You do know that John Gruden loves the game. John Gruden loves football. So that right there is 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 true. And he that stuff like that. Gruden really gets into that. And it's it's also good to see the maturation. I mean, I remember when Cam Newton, Andrew Luck was going through Gruden, you know, going and doing that stuff. And now these guys are superstars in the NFL. So I find that interesting. Um, the um, mock drafts. I really don't really get too involved with what people are saying in mock drafts, Tony, because you've got like members of the media, writers and stuff like that, that yeah. really don't have that much information. I think, and I don't think it'd ever be done because no one will allow it. I would like to assemble a team of 10 to 13 NFL agents, player representatives, and have them <laughs> and have them do a mock draft, and I guarantee you it'll be it'll look much more like what you see on draft night than well, any of these pundits. 
I think it has a better chance. Yeah. But it depends on if they're doing it to make the mock draft good or they're doing it to try to help assist their client in some way. Exactly. Like then it comes to, yeah, then it comes down to what their motives are. What their goal is at that point and how they they go about it. So that's the only problem with doing it that way. So we did it. I liked how we did it. For the people out there, you can go and look uh, on YouTube. There's there Mike Blue and everything. We basically didn't pick who we thought the teams would pick. We picked who we would pick for that team. Like if we were the mm-hmm. GM for that team, and went about it that way. And like for the Baltimore Ravens, I picked Sutton, the SMU wide receiver. Um, uh, there for the New England Patriots, I had picked two defensive players. Um, and and I went about it that way. And you know. All these cockamamie things about the Patriots picking Josh Rosen and things like that. The Patriots have never picked a quarterback in the early in the third round in 20 years. Why would they change all of a sudden? All of a sudden, they, a lot of people are having. And, and people say, "Well, Tom Brady's at the end of his line now." Well, at 35, you don't think Bill Belichick thought he was on, over at the end of the line? Obviously, he go. did. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get rid of him. <laughs> he wanted to get rid of him this past year. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting right there. Uh, they, they, they're, they're rumored to be hot on Lamar Jackson, but I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to end up being an Arizona Cardinal. Really? Um, I think I'm, I think he goes that high. I think he could go anywhere. I mean, like, I have no idea. Like, the Lamar Jackson thing is crazy because he doesn't have an agent, which we could uh, figure out if that's a good or a bad thing. Probably I not think a bad. Cer- I think it certainly hurts him from a PR standpoint. Because a lot of people like like the agents leak things out depending on where they want you to go and how they go. So he's he's behind it, I think, in the game of the NFL draft. And we can all, you know, what does it do? Does it buy a couple spots Is it a, and, and things like that? And does he? maybe he doesn't even care what team he's on or, or where he goes in the draft. He just wants to get out there and he wants to play. Um, those are all things that you can look at and he can say, Damn, what are we gonna do here? But uh, I'll uh, I'll be interested to see where he goes. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, it would be interesting to see how high he gets because this last week of the draft, these last couple of days, he is starting to be talked up more and more. Um, <clears throat> people, this Coachella thing, people talking about this again, Tony. This people thing is a big Coachella. deal, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what like people like to hang out there and be seen, man. Yeah, everybody's talking about it on Twitter. I guess Beyonce performed again last night. How did she perform uh, two weekends in a row, and how much money is she getting for this? I don't know, but I know she's going to get paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty certain of that, Tony. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of money to get her out the house, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the key. Like you got to get you got to get up early in the morning to uh, to out earn Beyonce, out earn Beyonce. Yeah. Oh, uh, final game of the NFL. Go ahead, Tony. Would you go like here's the that's a weird thing that whole Beyonce uh, situation because she goes on tour with her husband Jay Z, right? Yeah, and I don't believe that they have the same fan base. Uh, at this stage of the game, uh, you're probably at this stage of the game. You're probably right, but he can he can perform off legacy. Yeah. 
and kind of the celebrity he is, she's making much better music at this point in their in their careers. Yeah, he seems like you know I hate to say this, he seems like he's turned into one of them older pimps. Here's my young girl. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, he's I he's, to... he's he has too much. It's it's he's too much wealth to really be that connected to people nowadays. You feel what I'm? You understand that? Yeah. So you're saying he he's. Uh... He doesn't realize that these aren't the same people. These aren't the same people. Everybody loves me. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, okay, we know who you are, <laughs> but <laughs> where is she at? Who, yeah. who headlines? Who headlines that show? It has to be her, right? I, I, I get. I, you know what? I kind of wonder, and, I, and I, I'm gonna have to figure this out. It, it would have to be her, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. I think it might be him. I remember back in the day um, when um, Faith Hill was hot and they used to go on tour. But that was the same type of music, her and Tim McGraw, right? It was yeah. same, they're both country music artists where, you know, Jay-Z is supposed to be this guy from the hood and this. And, and she's out there singing pop songs. Yeah. It's like Jay-Z really has to use a lot of his older music. Um <clears throat> In order to hang with that um, with that crowd, but I just think the aura of himself <clears throat> maybe would lend lends him to still continue to be the headliner. Um, the last game of the season, Tony, Monday night, December twenty fourth. This is when fantasy football championships will be won. The Denver Broncos versus the Oakland Raiders. That is when you will find out. After that game, you will find out who your league champion is. That game eight months from now. And I'm looking at these two teams. First of all, Tony, what do you think? Will you look this far ahead to say, you know what, let me make sure I have a player on the Broncos or the Raiders? No, but it's a good idea because the suspense. I would actually more to do that in a non-money league than a money league. Okay. Like say you're playing in a league, like say you're in a family league, people. I think it makes it fun. And And the first thing I would do, is say, you know what? I'm going to pick a kicker in that game. Is that game in Denver or Oakland? That game's in Oakland. That's not a bad idea. I'd pick a kicker in that game, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last game of the year, you know, you're within 10 points. And Monday night, you need the 10 points from the kicker. That's 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 great theater. He gives you, you're right, he gives you 13. You win the championship with a kick. <laughs> <laughs> you win your championship with a kick. When I look at these teams, though, Tony, um, I'm going to go back in on Cooper. I know a lot of people won't. I, and I think if you draft early, you'll have a discount. By the time we get closer to September, I think he's going to start going in the middle of the third round again, maybe late third this year. The Broncos, they released C.J. Anderson this week. I like the other yeah. I like the other running back this year. I can't think of his name now. Maybe 420 got me. Um, <clears throat> what's the dude I was drafting on? I was drafting him everywhere last year. Devontae Booker, is that his name? Yeah, Booker. Yeah, Devontae Booker. Let I like Devontae you, I, Booker. Just off the top of my head, because you said the word uh, Devontae, um, did you know there was only two touchdowns last year? I mean, two wide receivers with 10 touchdowns? This is a league that everybody passes these days. Only two wide receivers had 10 touchdowns or more. That's crazy. Who were they? Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. And I can see those two being the two guys. But that tells you that the quarterbacks are, uh, are spreading the ball around. 
And yet, really, when you the quarterback is really the weapon to own. Tony, I haven't. I've been a late round quarterback guy for years. I think I might have me a couple shares of the big name quarterbacks this year. The only problem is, who do you believe is a big name quarterback? Because two of them, I realistically, are questionable. Two of the first five picks are questionable. Any way you you want to spin it, Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo are questionable. Because of the, because of the number of games, I mean, you can you, you can pick them. You could be right, but you know, you're basing on five games. I'm just, I'm just saying that you would we wouldn't do that in most circumstances. Yeah, Watson was putting on a hell of a performance though, Tom. Oh my God! I mean, he was going record proportions. Uh huh. They opened up the season this year, right, with the Patriots, right? Oh, is that the first game, man? Deshaun versus Tom Brady. Mm hmm. Schedule makers know what they're doing. And then uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is even a bigger one to me. Seven touchdowns, five interceptions, and not the greatest receiving crew I've ever seen. Ask Kyle Shanahan about <clears throat> those receivers. And uh, he was kind of, you know, the 49ers not being in free agency after these big receivers. He's a guy that thinks you can get it done without having big name receivers. Well, the Patriots did it for a long time. You know, yeah. they had Randy Moss, but other than him, they really have done it for 20 years without a wide receiver. <laughs> they really have. Um, and, and they continue to continuous, continuously do it with just about Tom Brady. And that's what I'm saying is, like, should we be valuing quarterbacks more in fantasy? I I'll tell you what. I think you – if you draft a quarterback early, I think it keeps you in it. But does it put you over the top? I think my answer is no. I think you win when you draft a Todd Gurley uh, and he goes off. I think you win when you get a DeAndre Hopkins and he puts up 15 touchdowns. But you're never going to have a bad team with Aaron Rodgers. You're never going to have a bad team with a Tom Brady. You're never going to have a bad team if you have a, like you'll be. It keeps you in it. I agree. I think that's the case also. If I'm doing an NFBC, if NFFC auction, I'm going to buy a big quarterback. If I'm doing any auction, I'm going to buy a big quarterback. I don't know if I want to spend draft capital on a quarterback unless you get six points for the touchdown pass. Yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, very, very interesting. I think that a lot has changed in the fantasy sports industry over the years. Uh, because when we first, you know, go back 10, 15 years ago, nobody drafted a quarterback early. We're starting to see more and more drafts where the third round we start seeing guys go. But my question is, you know, other than, I think Aaron Rodgers is clearly the number one. And then after that, I think he, two through five, you could make any order. I like Russell Wilson. I think he's going to have to do a left yeah. for his team this year. I think it's going to have to all fall on him. So I think he's going to be able to put up uh, numbers. The team may not be good, but so much of the offense will run through him, and he's so talented. I think that he will be fine. Um, do you think the King Scott Angle is going to have good to back, good to good, uh, back to back, good fantasy football seasons? No, do you think that's I mean, possible? Every, every squirrel and Barry Manilow gets a nut every once in a while. <laughs> you don't see it happening for the King, huh? No, the King, the King. Uh, he's a. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'll tell you what. Is the King going to be in high spirits when the Seattle team's a 500 team and misses the playoffs for the second year in a row? Well, no. Well, that's not going to happen, Tony, because they're retooling, not rebuilding. <laughs>
the only guy in, on the planet Earth that thinks that they're retooling. Interesting. Shout out to Scott Angle. Have you talked to him recently? The King, no. I listened to him this morning with uh, George Kurtz a little bit. Yeah, they were talking baseball or football. Uh, they were talking football. Interesting. I wonder how Scott's Tout Wars team is doing. Do you think it's uh, um, or maybe I shouldn't wonder about that. I'm not wondering about how mine is doing. <laughs> <laughs> he is the king. Now, Tone, also another piece of um news that came out this week in the NFL outside of the schedule and all the stuff about that. We also had some um week one game lines come out. Do you think it's smart to lock a bet in this early with teams you haven't really seen? Yeah, smart, uh, no. But basically what you're doing when you do that is you're gambling on gambling because you're Mm -hmm. you're gambling that that line is going to be favorable to what it will be on September or whatever. So uh, it's it's nothing more than adding another gamble to the equation. You think so? You it think could I, pay off. It definitely could pay off, but it could hurt you. I mean, let's just say the Patriots Texans game, right? Patriots are three point favorite. Tom Brady's out of the game. He gets hurt and, you know, walking the dog. Houston be a three point favorite. That's so true. So if you took the, the three points with Houston, you're happy. If you took the Patriots, you're sad. Like, it could go either way. Do you think it's a good idea to have different 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 online online sites? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me and Gabe, when we do the show, each night we have different lines um, there. And if you want, if you were just wanted to make a quick buck, not a quick buck, if you wanted to just be a mathematician, you could go and you could shop around for two different books with two different lines. Say, like tonight, uh, they had the Bucks a four-point favorite. Another site had the... Uh, Bucks a two-point favorite. You could bet both sides and then try to middle that game and get a three or get a two, three, and four and, and make some money that way. There you go right there. And that's the point I was trying to get to. And you uh, hit it perfectly. Our number two fantasy football frenzy on the way right here on FNTSY Radio. 